Welcome to Theology in the Dirt, where we try to practice our theology at home and in the public square of our city and our world. Your hosts are Keith Thompson and Mitchell Jolly. Theology in the Dirt is produced by Chris Hayes, and the artwork is by Kayla Sanner. Hey guys, welcome to Theology in the Dirt. Keith and I are back with you this week, and we have a topic uh, that we want to talk about today, and we're really going to be following for the next few weeks as we talk about the church and the mission and purpose and function of the church and the indicators of what the church is. We're going to follow that up by rolling around in the dirt a little bit with it, and we're going to do that today. And our topic is the mission of the church. All right, so we're going to talk about what it is, uh, and then we're going to really, really focus on tactically down in the measurables, mm-hmm. the things we do, how do we pull that off, right? Is that just those words we say and then we go do anything we want, or are those words we say that affect how we organize for work? And so, Keith, are, uh, are you an elder right now? Are you an elder in our church? I'm not an elder. I am, um, I'm a covenant member. Yeah. Um, so I have covenanted with the, the brothers and sisters at, at, at Three Rivers. Um, I help lead a radical life group, which is our small group here. Right. But otherwise, no, man. I'm I'm a I'm a guy who just shows up at church and tries to serve the Lord and, yeah. and do whatever I can do uh, based on the yeah. gifting He's given me. Yeah, just a guy, right? That's right. Because I think most people will hear some of the things we say and they say, "Oh, you preacher guys, you elder people, you're supposed to say those things." Yeah, but I that's think right. I've known you a long time, so you're by trade physical therapist. Correct. Right. But you're an entrepreneur, right? You don't just work for a physical therapist. You you have started with partners. Yep. Advanced rehab. Yes. Right? And what are you currently doing in the business world? So um, I made the decision back in 2010 with my partners. We all made the decision to sell a portion of our company. And as we went through that process, I ended up stepping out of all of it. So I was one of, there was four of us, and I made the decision to step away because I felt like the Lord was giving me an opportunity to do more more ministry work. Yeah. But I also knew that I, that work was not probably going to look like pastoring a church or anything like that. It probably would it would mean continuing to serve in the church as a as a layperson, right. and then trying to you know dive into the domains and and um, glorify God in that way. So yeah. right now, what we did, I left the the healthcare world. One of my partners and I started a car wash company, and there's a lot of um, a lot of thought and prayer that went into why car washes. A lot of right. people are like, "What in the world?" <laughs> um, you go from healthcare to car wash; that is completely different. Right. But we saw it as an opportunity to interact with a lot of different people, people that we would get to interact with regularly. So they would come back, and we would be able to develop relationships with them, mm. and then um, we we could um, serve them like we did in the healthcare world. So I am currently serving as um, I have a role in that company. We we have started a couple of car washes, sold one, and then um, and then I, I you know I went to seminary. I'm in the process of finishing seminary. We have a, 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 a ministry called Come to the Wilderness Retreat that's focused on families. Yep. Where we really have a heart for the family, particularly dads, um, but also the rest of the family as well. And then um, I, I am involved with a ministry called Battlefield Ministries that does family ministry. Specifically, they do counseling right. and experiential uh, counseling with men, women, families, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Absolutely. Yep. So I think this is important because you and I were dialoguing last week about, um, I asked you a question, <clears throat> because we're talking about, again, you're not being preacher boy guy, right. Right? trying to just propagate doing church stuff, right? Yes. There's a correlation between how business functions, 
and how the church functions. Mm-hmm. Not The church is not a business, right? So we're not saying that. What we're saying is if the car wash company has a purpose, it has an aim. Yes. It's going to affect what you do downstream, right? How your employees act, what they say, what they do, yeah. uh, the services you offer people. And I ask you this question. When people come to the car wash company, do you offer them a fresh hot cup of coffee when they're going <laughs> through the tunnel, right? Do yeah. you do that? And if not, why? Okay, we do not. Why not? Coffee's I wish, good. Um, I, I like wish, coffee. Listen, I w- if we could figure that out, we probably would because I think, I think it would— uh, it would contribute to our mission if yeah. we could pull that off because I, I do think coffee is enjoyed by a lot of people. That's right. But we don't. We don't do it. There's there's logical reasons. I'm sorry, um, um, logistical reasons we don't do that at the car wash. Right. Uh, but no, we don't. We do other things though, and it's guided as you're as you're getting at. It's what we do there is aimed precisely at fulfilling our mission and the things that would help us fulfill that mission. We're going to try to be all in on that. And then the things that might hinder us, like trying to give people coffee at this point in the game would hinder us. Mm-hmm. Then we're, we're going to completely eliminate that as an option. Even if we have people that come through and say, Hey man, I'd love a cup of coffee. <laughs> right. Um, we might say me too, <laughs> but I can't cause I got this dang brush in my hand. Um, right. And I'm afraid if I give you a cup of coffee, you're going to spill it on yourself or, or whatever. So and then they're going to sue you because you didn't tell them yeah. we're hot. Right. So there, there may be things things that people even want us to do right. um, that we have to decide based on our mission and the logistics of it that yeah. we won't do. That's right. What is the mission of the car wash company? So the mission of the car wash company is to make a positive impact on our customers, our coworkers, and our communities, mm. one clean car at a time. So that is, um, that's a very general statement mm-hmm. that has more specific meaning to me as a believer and as we hire people, right. we give them more information about well, what what's behind that. Right. There's a there's a worldview behind that positive impact mm. that we don't just throw out there to everyone, right. but we certainly throw it out to our our uh, workers, our team members. Right. And so, um, yeah, so that's our 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 mission statement. So that affects what you do, right? Yep. So impact on customers, co-workers, and community. That's right. So that affects how you organize for work, right? Yeah. So there are things you have to say, we're not going to do that, although that's good. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that, but that's not going to help us achieve the mission, right? Yeah. So if that's how things work in the business world, when we come to the church, again, church is not a business, yeah. but there are principles that come across. If the church has a purpose, does that affect what we do? Yes, absolutely. Um, we really shouldn't be doing things that don't help us move the ball forward in our mission statement. Um, and that's why it's so important that the people of our, of our church are, is, a, is a covenant community because we're a covenant community, meaning that we're, we're joining in an agreement together um, and we're agreeing on, really the first thing we're agreeing on is why we're here. What is it that we're here to do? Right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I, I hope, I hope in, as far as our audience goes, I know uh, people who go to our church are going to, this is going to be really innate with them. And they're probably mm-hmm. going to listen to this and go, oh my gosh, that's we say this all Again the and time, again, yeah. Right? Vision's leaky though, right? Yeah. Vision's leaky. People forget. People forget why we do what we do. I hope, and I know there are some guys who are professional ministers and people who live and work around the world who are going to be listening to this. And, and so I don't want to neglect... Um, to answer the question, what is the mission of the church? Uh-huh. Because um, that can get lost. It's leaky. Like, yes. We get involved in just doing life and grinding out. Do we wear a mask? Do we not wear mm-hmm. a mask? Is the Rona real? Is the Rona not real? <laughs> and we may get distracted from, hey, what are we here for? 
Yeah. Right? We, we start answering questions that really aren't relevant to the end game, and we kind of miss the point. So, Keith, let's talk about what is the mission of the church? What are we here to do? Yeah, well, if it is important, Mitch, because... You know, if we if we open, they don't make these anymore. But if we had an old phone book and we opened up a phone book and we pulled out at randomly ten churches in our community or ten churches around the state or around the country, and we pulled in those churches and asked the pastors or the leaders or the elders or whoever is making these decisions, what is the mission of the church? We we may not get, you know, they may be ten completely different answers. Right. Our um, the understanding of what a church looks like and what it's supposed to do now is up in the air as yeah. much as ever, as much as ever in the history of our country anyway. That's right. So there's a lot of diversity in what it is, what the mission of the church is. Um, I would say that the mission of the church is to um, is number one to glorify God, mm-hmm. to make His name known, to make Him famous right. among in the world, right. locally and and. Uh, um, out there, right. and then part of that is then to make disciples. So the way the, the Bible calls us, I'll, I'll read. Um, I've got my Bible open to this because I, I knew the questions would come. Right. Um, Isaiah sixty six nineteen says, "And I will set a sign among them, and from them I will send survivors to the nations, to Tarshish, Pool, and Lude, who draw the bow to Tubal and and Javan, to the coastlands far away that have not heard my fame or seen my glory." And this is a, this is a, so that's Old Testament. If we look at um, Colossians, I'm sorry, Romans, Romans 1 5 says, um, Through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ um, for the sake of his name. Right. For the sake of His name. So what we're going to see in the Old Testament and the New Testament, that God is all about His name being magnified. That's right. Which is good because He is the most thing worthy of being magnified That's right. in the world. Yeah. And so we're going, to, we're going to, the mission of the church is to magnify and glorify God and worship Him. Yeah. To find the church um, who, who are going to become believers, to go out and evangelize, bring the church in, build a kingdom. Right. Which has been start, which was started back in Genesis, right. which had which began when Christ showed up. That's right. The kingdom came in part when Christ came. So we're going to magnify God, worship Him. We're going to build a kingdom that then is going to be perfected as a bride of Christ over time as we grow in a, in faith and obedience. Mm, see, that's good. So there, there just in, in those two passages of Scripture, there is enough to give us a glimmer, a hint mm-hmm. of what it is and its scope, right? Yeah. Like his name, his fame, his glory. There's diversity. There's these different nations. Yeah. And and it's it's pointed out. Right? Yes. He just read a couple of passages of scripture, right? Yeah, and, you got you got Isaiah who is a prophet. He's dealing with the people, the people of God, is the Israelites essentially. Right. But even he is clear back then that it's a nas- it's a it's an inter- it's going to be an international call for God's fame. Right. We've got uh, the New Testament Paul who who um, is writing Romans one who is basically saying the same thing, but he's a Jewish guy. That's right. That's specifically called to go to Gentiles who are cross cultural to him. Right. And it's clear that this message is going to begin with a group of people, and its intent. Clear intent is for it to go worldwide uh, across 
cultures and across people groups. That's right. There you go. So that's huge. And so just a couple of passages. And I think yeah. you and I both know we could spend days walking from Genesis to Revelation and finding the golden thread of the call of God to leave home base. Mm. Eden was never intended. This is pre-fall, right? Pre-fall, yeah. Eden was launch pad for the whole world. Multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. Your co-regents, get out, go. Home base, go. Abraham, bless the nations. I mean, it's just all over the text. Mm -hmm. And then you come to the New Testament and you watch what they did. They were not satisfied to stay static. There was Mm -hmm. constant outward movement. And and then we haven't even said what Jesus said. We haven't gotten to the the king of the universe saying, go make disciples Mm -hmm. of all nations, right? And so the biblical text couldn't be clear. Yes. Right? So fame, God's glory, his name, where? Everywhere. Right. All nations, right? Okay, so let me ask this question. This is, I didn't ask you this question. This came totally came to mind. So tell me if like, no, let's don't go there. <laughs> so people listening, this may be a little raw. For me, I'm a stickler about the difference between vision, mission, strategy, and tactics. Okay. Okay. All those matter. They're not all the same thing. Right? Right. Vision is one thing. Mission's another. Strategy's one thing. Tactics are another. Difference between vision and mission, right? We saw, I said earlier, vision is leaky. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let's talk about the difference between vision and mission. Okay. That's a, that is a good question. I think vision is more big picture. Yeah. It's more big picture. It's it's a more of a worldview. Question: How it is that you see the world? It's it's um, it's going to bring in everything that is knowable about the thing that you're hoping to do. Yeah. I think mission is a little bit more specific. That's right. Um, it's it, it's still general because you got that you still got strategy and tactic. That's right. But um, you know. One thing about mission, and I, I don't, you and I don't haven't talked a lot about this, so I'm not even sure where where you might be going with it. But I know for mission, because um, because our minds are easily distracted. For me, when I'm running, like I'm running an organization that we're running now, I need people to be able to memorize and in a really clear way express verbally what our mission is. Yeah, it's gonna, That's more difficult to do from vision. I think vision is so big. That's right. Um, that you're almost asking, you'd be asking someone to give their worldview in a few sentences. Um, you talk a lot about vision because it shapes mission, but mission is that thing that you crystallize it down to a very pinpoint sort of tip of the spear kind of thing. That's right. It's, it's knowable, it's memorizable, and you can spit it out at any moment. And you can always ask yourself, Am I, is my behavior right now right. consistent with that two-sentence, one-sentence, three-sentence mission? That's right. That's good. Okay, let's pretend we're going to start a church right now at yeah. this table. Right? Yeah. We feel the compelling of God to yeah. pioneer, apostolically go to some place, and we're going to plant a fellowship. Mm-hmm. All right? Where do we start? Vision, mission. What are we going to say? Based just the two passages of scripture that we've looked at today. What is the vision? And how are we a little little more specific on how to execute that vision with a mission? What might you say? We can't use ours, okay? So yeah. let's okay. We, ours is we, I don't want to say ours because I don't want to ruin anybody who maybe they're they're thinking, oh my yeah. gosh, what is my church's vision? What is our mission? Mm-hmm. How do we shape that? How do we organize for work around that? So let's we're starting from scratch. Yeah. What should be the vision of this church? Yeah, so are we speaking with people who have already become believers and we're gathered together as the church? Is that what you're you're thinking? Or, we're not even or, gathered yet. We're sitting okay. there brainstorming about we're going to start this thing. And we're but we're all believers. Us. Yeah. You, we are you, believers. It's just you and me. Okay. Just you and me. And we, haven't, we haven't sold this yeah. to anybody. We're not on right. the strategy yet. <laughs> Where is it? What is this thing going to exist to do? 
Yeah, so what I would say is, man, I, I think I'm immediately for some reason I feel like I'm thinking about John, the first 18 verses of, of John, where Christ has come, yeah. and He's come into a very dark world. People are stumbling around. They've got information. They're trying to make sense of the world. Right. They're not without revelation, but they're without the light. Right. Okay, so the light has come now, though. So what I would, the way I would describe it is, Mitch, we're here um, in this community, and it's dark. Yeah. And what we're here to do is to turn on the light. So what we need to do is we've got to put together a movement that flips the switch. Right. It helps people see the world rightly. Yeah. So it, we're going to give them information about how the world works. We're going to make an effort to give them the red pill. Yeah. Okay. So the, if people don't know what I'm talking about, that's um, the, matrix. the Matrix. The red pill is the pill that will let you see the world as it is. Yeah. Because a lot of folks in a lot of part of the world, they don't know that, right? right? So we're going to help. We're going to give them the red pill. Once they've got the red pill and they understand the world and they understand God, we're going to give them the good news about that world, help them become followers of Christ, and in that, um, in that, you know, we're going to help people get from separated from God to connected with God, regenerate hearts, and we're going to begin to help them see the kingdom of God, how the kingdom works, and then move forward as they um, become kingdom members and then flesh that out in behavior over time. There you go. That's right. So we're seeing there is a way to see the world. God has a perspective. We don't know it. There's a problem. Mm -hmm. We're going to learn that perspective in this message we have called the gospel, and then we're going to begin to organize for work around that. Well, geez, if that's the good news then there's something for me to do mm-hmm. now, right? Yeah. And so we're going to begin to organize for work around that. And if it's about God's fame, His glory, that's a message that needs to be shared. Right? Yeah. And if it's to go somewhere, then how are we going to start going there? Now we start getting into strategy, mm-hmm. right, and tactics. So let's roll around in the dirt with that. If right. there's fame to be known in the gospel of Jesus Christ and it's to be taken somewhere, what are we going to do to get it there? How do we organize for work around that? Yeah, so I think we we do meet. I mean, we have to gather. At some point, we're going to get these folks together. We're going to encourage one another. We we um, because at at some point in the game, there's going to be a group in this body that knows more about the light, that knows more about the how the world works because of their journey or because of their training or whatever. And we're going to begin to teach. Right. So we're going to begin to help people understand God rightly. Right. We're going to help people see God. And then see how what the implications are for man. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go, okay, well, now this is how we're going to behave, believe, and behave. Where are we going to get that information from? So, yes, man, <laughs> we got to bring our Bibles. Gotta we got to bring our Bibles. Our Bibles. Right. So we're going to help folks understand that the way we understand the world <clears throat> is through the manual. Right. And we're going to begin to teach the Bible. Right. So we're not making this up out of thin air. This is yeah, not this, just a good idea that we've had. Yes, this is not another guy who's come from another faraway place with another explanation for the world. That's right. We're claiming something extraordinary. There you go. So we're teaching a message from a book. Yes. So so I guess if we're organizing for work around that, there has to be some manner of talking about some source of authority yes. that dictates my behavior and my actions. Yeah, right? we're going to make an extraordinary claim that we have the answers. There you go. Now that's crazy in in a lot of a lot of the world. In some of the world, they'll go, "Okay, right. that's fine." Let me, what's heck? Let me hear it. <laughs> hear right. people like, "Don't tell me you got the answers." You know, I don't right. want to hear you tell me. Right. But in in a lot of the world, you come say, "Look, we've got the answer. We've got 
news that you know nothing of, they'll be soaking it in. That's right. Like because they're not gonna they're not embracing it yet. Right. But they understand that maybe that's that's possible. So we're gonna show up and we'll say, Look, God has revealed himself. He's there. Right. He's a God who has spoken. Right. He's a God who is real and he has spoken to us through his word. Yeah. And the good news is we've got it. Yeah. That's right. This is his word. So we're we're gonna lean it. There's a way in which you may understand the world that's wrong because it's not consistent with this book. Right. Exactly. So, so we want to teach that. And it's got some clear mandates, right? Uh, if Jesus said, go make disciples of all nations, well, there's a going, right? Mm-hmm. So we've taught them what it says. What does it now look like to obey that? If we're to go, what does going look like and where do we go? Yeah, we go locally. Right. And then we go globally. Right. So we're going to go... Um, we're going to go to the folks who are closest to us first, and we're right. going to share our story. I was I was reading something recently about um, about you know local native people who accept Christ. They're 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 two days in in the kingdom, yeah, and they're already preaching the gospel to people because they've got a, the one thing they've got. They don't have an expansive understanding of the scriptures, right? But the one thing they do have is they've got their experience with the Lord. And so they're telling their story. Right. They're telling the story about how they were they were you know separated from God, how they were experiencing something that was you know a life that was not good. Christ came in and totally changed them, changed their life, and they want to share it with somebody else. Right. So it's it's first it's it's me sharing it with my family. It's me right. sharing it with my friends. Right. But at some point we're going to organize. Yeah. Our fellowship. Right. Because we've been given specific instructions from the manual. Right. To go far away to people who have never heard, that takes a little bit more preparation. So we're going to organize ourselves to say, look, we need the people near me need to hear this. Right. But there's a whole other group of people just beyond that mountain range. Right. They haven't even heard it yet. Yeah. So we're going to begin to organize to do that work as well. So can only you and I do that because we're the brain trust. We have the sharp we're the sharp guys that started it, right? So is that our job, or can anybody tell that message once they know it? And can they go to that next village and tell the message? Yeah, anybody can tell that message. If the woman at the well right. who just met Christ and had no reputation in the—well, she had a reputation in the community. She didn't have a reputation that was credible right. in the community. She met Jesus, and in, a, in what what looks like a 30-minute, maybe less— interaction, she goes from completely disrespected in the community to somebody who's got a story. She goes in, she tells the story and actually brings people back. She's got enough credibility Mm -hmm. that people follow her back. So she's doing that work in her community long before she's even had her first class in um, Discipleship 101. Right. Her doctrinal base, right? Her theological... um, Dictionary isn't very big. That's right. She met the king of the universe. She, she heard the story, this narrative of glory and fame and mission. Mm-hmm. And within minutes, yeah, she's going back to the village and sharing and bringing people to hear. Right? That, that to me is astounding, right? So we talk about vision and mission. Strategically, this strategy is very much decentralized, maybe. That's a big word, but... It's not just centered around you and me, right? That's right. It is decentralized, and we'll, I'm sure, get to this at some point. You can't go crazy with it, and, you know, she doesn't need to go start a church. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have enough information, I don't think, personally. Um, she brings people to Jesus. She doesn't go into the community and form a church. I mean, what she does, she goes into the community, and she goes, look, there's a guy yeah. that told me things. He's an authority, and they, they, she brings them back. 
at some point in the game, though, those folks in that community are going to be left alone. And it's not after they've been to seminary. It's yeah. going to be after they've basically been given some basic instruction. Right. They've been hopefully given a section of the Word. That's right. Um, in the world nowadays, it's most people can get a section of the Word, even in their own language. But they're going to they're be given some training, yeah. and then they're going to begin to form churches. They're yeah. going to begin to form fellowships yeah. where they distinguish themselves from the community around them. They covenant together to then go do this work that yeah. they've heard about and it's made such a big impact on their own lives. Absolutely. But it has made an impact on their life. That's right. Such that they are beginning to gather. There's a distinction about yeah. them now, right? I, I want to be very careful not sell doing church life as easy because it's complicated and it yeah. gets nuanced down the line. But I do want people to hear and understand that the mission of the church is simple. It's not complicated. Anybody can do it and be on mission with it and participate in this very simple, profound, deeply transformational movement that is to be global, right? Yeah. So I think there's this thing that people think, I can't do that, I shouldn't do that. That's for the professional. That's for the seminary graduate. I think when we begin to unpack the text... It becomes very clear. The mission's clear. The scope of the mission's clear. Who can do it is clear. Mm -hmm. And what we're to be doing is super clear. And I think we convolute it by trying to give coffee away at the car wash company as opposed to going, no, 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 no. We want this thing to be shiny. Yeah. Well, even if we could, so suppose we could figure out a way to get coffee to our clients at the car wash. That'd, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, it'd be something nothing that, wrong with it, yeah, right? nothing wrong with it. Be something that might add to their experience. Absolutely. But if we're giving away coffee and the cars stop getting cleaned, right. we got a problem. Yeah. And so if people get get so focused on coffee, yeah, that they forget that the reason this person here isn't to get coffee. There are places that will that are able to do that far better than us, and it's not our mission anyway. Right. If we begin to start thinking about coffee so much that the cars aren't clean and people aren't having a great experience um, then we failed in our mission we may have we may have started a coffee shop which isn't all bad people love the coffee yeah but we're going to have to completely change things to be able to compete in a world where we're doing coffee that's right because we're not set up for that. Maybe they start coming and paying $2 more for that particular wash because they get a cup of yeah. locally grown and locally sourced organic yeah. hot goodness on a cold winter day in Louisville, right? Right. But we, it, you know, no one there should be confused about the fact that we're not here to do coffee. We're here to get cars clean. We spent way more money <laughs> on an acre and a half right. um, than we should have if we hoped to do coffee. Right. There was a different thing to do, right? Completely less expensive building yeah. to build if That's we were right. going to do coffee. We, we, have a, we have a structure. We have everything in place. We're going we're gonna to produce clean cars. Yeah. And so the moment we get distracted from that, we're going to have an issue. Yeah, that's right. And I think for us, for me... For those listening, I want us to be able to hear this illustration that we're putting alongside mm-hmm. here at the car wash company and what the church does, what our mission and vision is, to go and evaluate personally, am I on that mission? Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't matter what the organization is doing. If I, as a member of that organization, am not on that mission personally, it's not going to translate corporately between you right, and I, right? right? And so there has to be something I'm, that I'm driving toward the vision, that's something about the fame of Jesus. Mm-hmm among other people that call, put some direction in my footsteps and yeah. the words that come out of my mouth today, right? It's, yeah. I can't get caught up in thinking about my coffee today. If it's not put in again, illustratively, mm-hmm. i got to be thinking about, is the car clean? 
Yeah. All right. Is this thing shining? This thing yeah. making good, positive impact, right? Right. And so, okay, so let, let's organize for work. Our people are going to the next village, right? Churches, people are coming to know Jesus. Yes. What other thing do we need to do to make that more successful? Are there some other things we can add on that will detract from the mission that keeps us going forward? Yeah, so something that's going to be necessary is we've got to we've got to grow people up. So that the goal, you know, Paul's mission wasn't to just introduce people to Christ and yeah. introduce them to the kingdom. Paul's goal was to produce them mature. That's right. In Christ. That's right. Um, we we heard in church this week, or we heard in church this week, you know, um, how the Bible uses. Um, um, what's the word, Mitch? It uses uh, when we. It's an almost like analogy. The the church is a temple. The church is the bride of Christ. The, the church is uh, the metaphor. body. Metaphor. Yes. Forget the word escaped me. <laughs> yeah. The Bible uses metaphor to help us understand something that's concrete, right? That's right? So, when we look at the church, we the Bible describes the church as the bride. The bride is going to be prepared, and when Christ finally comes back, the bride is going to be ready mm. for Christ. The bride, Christ isn't going to come back, and the bride is just going to be willy-nilly doing whatever, like right. doing whatever they want. Right. So there is a sense in which, as we're doing kingdom work and we're working out our mission, that we're interested not just in a group of people gathering together calling themselves Christians. We're interested in a group of people gathering together calling themselves Christians and looking more and more and more like Christ. That's right. So there's going to be discipleship that occurs. And so we've got to help people understand that there are implications. Uh, what we believe about the kingdom and what we believe about the world has implications for how we behave every day. That's right. And how we interact with each other yeah. inside the fellowship and then how we're going to interact with the world that's struggling through things like viruses outside the fellowship. That's right. So there are implications for our faith in everyday life that we we can't ignore. That's right. That's exactly right. Okay, so we think when we think about the mission vision of the church, what the church exists to do, often I hear guys talk about in the church planting, church multiplying world, they start crafting these statements and sometimes it's they want to reach uh, 18 to 35 year olds in mm. Sioux City, Iowa, making up a city, right? Mm-hmm. And that sounds, oh, that's really nice. You want to reach people. But does that match, that idea of I want to reach a demographic inside a certain city, does that match with the with fame and glory on the outside? Or is that is that confined a little bit? Does that match with what it appears the manual tells me I ought to be doing? Or is it a little bit off? Yeah, you know, I guess it depends on who you ask. You're asking me, and we're, we're, <laughs> we're in church and covenant together. I think... Um, the fame is for everybody. Yeah. The fame for the for God and the um, His name going out among the nations is multi generational. It's multi ethnic. Right. It's multi everything. Right. There are, there are no barriers. Um, you know, it, I get where one church is like, look, we're here to reach the X people group. Right. Um, we're, you know, if somebody from another people group shows up at our church, we're not going to tell them they can't come. Right. But we really are focused at at this particular ethnicity or this particular people group, and so um, we're going to go to that place where ninety nine percent of the population is that people group, and we're gonna we're gonna reach them. Right. Um, so I, I don't know if that answers yeah. your question no, that's or not. Good. Yeah. All right, let's work toward. We're getting toward the end of our time, so let's begin to work towards some declarative. You and I both know. 
we're not starting a church. We're already in one. Yep. But we started in multiplying other churches. Mm-hmm. Let's get declarative. Let's let's make some statements about what we think the church exists to do and how we execute it. I'll start. Um, I, I think Acts one eight is pretty clear. Mm-hmm. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Not then Judea, then Samaria, then. So th- there's not a time stamp or it's not a progression of work. It's you'll be my, my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of their mm-hmm. simultaneously same time. And then the rest of the book plays that out. There's this constant outflow mm-hmm. of work. One of the challenges I find when I talk to other guys and, and, and they ask about what we do and I tell them what we do and I try to convince them. I, I'm convinced that the global fame of Christ is the end for which we exist. That's it. I got you. That's it. And so they will say, but but we don't have enough or, or, or we got to reach our city before we can do yeah. that. Because yeah. because what good is it if, if we miss our city because we're focused on the world? And what I want to say to them is, if you don't get the world, you're going to miss your city. If your message is so limited to your city, you don't have a message for yeah. the world. But if you start with the world, you're going to get your city thrown yeah. in because the assumption is the city is part of the global scope. Yeah. But if all I do is focus on my city, I'm going to miss the world. Yeah, so and that I, absolutely, I'm going to run my head through a brick wall. Guys, <laughs> right. no, no, we just got to reach Rome. And I'm going, no, no, Rome, it's Rome and mm-hmm. simultaneously because we said earlier, anybody, the woman at the well can go. If I'm not telling that woman at the well that she has a ministry in the village, she's gonna just keep hanging out with me. Yeah, she's gonna become a she's gonna become a, a dead sea. Yeah, she's just feeding on my knowledge. Yeah, she's gonna become. Um, and it's not even the knowledge can't even. It has to be. Um, it, obviously, this is an analogy, but you can't just continually take in and not eventually become corrupted. That's right. It's got to go back out. God created yeah. us yeah. to worship Him and to make Him known among other human beings. That's right. So because we're made that way, we're made to do something. We're made, we long for a project. You know, right. we, we long to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Every human being That's right. is trying to find what that thing is that is going to bring them ultimate satisfaction. Right. Well, it's because God placed that in us. Um, uh, David Platt, I think, has, has recently written a book based on his experiences in the Himalayas. Right. He was there, and he came back, and um, and he's. I haven't read the book. I just I saw that it was that he had written it. He came back with with a fuel in his heart for, to tell local people, right? Like, listen, th- we've got to get going because there are people out there yes. who need us, right? Yes. So we would, you and I would never uh, begin a football team. And we would never start practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing. At some point, somebody's going to say, we ever going to have a game? Yeah, there's a game to be there's played. There's a game yeah. to be played? Yeah. And so, man, yeah, there is a game to be played. We're here practicing because we're going to take all this, um, yeah. we're going to take all this energy and all this excellence right. and, then, and then take it someplace in the world. The work that, that I, when I come to the fellowship at Three Rivers, I'm not here and the majority reason I'm not here isn't because I want to get something. Right. The, the, the main reason I'm here is because I want to join with you guys right. in strengthening me right. to go do the work that God has called me to do That's right. in my community locally and globally. Yeah. So um, the moment that church is about me, 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 and me getting something— right. Um, without a me, like if I'm practicing and I don't have a game to attend, it's just not going to go well. Right. My game is the car wash and impacting people's lives at the car wash. Yeah. 
and eventually starting with our team, helping people see the glory and wonder of Christ. Then I'm going to take that. They are then going to take that to their community and their homes. And then I'm also involved in work at Three Rivers and with Battlefield and other places with reaching people all over the world. That's right. I think one of the things I love about this, I just want to commend you here. I think your life lives out Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's a simultaneous function for you. Whether you're on a plane there or driving here, your world looks like here and there all at the same time, which is what we tell people. Whether you get on a plane and never go or not, your local work converges with the global as you engage your vocation and your own mission making disciples mm-hmm. because it is the providential stream of God to put you in someone's life that takes you global as you work local mm-hmm. simultaneously. And so just I want to commend you for doing that. You've mm-hmm. lived that out well. Well, I mean, it's, it's by the grace of God, but I, it's, you know, the, the fuel for reaching out is, you know, a, a love for the Lord. Yes. We, you know, if I'm not a worshiper of God, I can't do these things. Right. But if I'm not a worshiper of God, I'm not a believer. That's right. So how does a person say they're a believer and they're not involved in these kind of things. That's the kind of thing that you and I kind of scratch our head about. It's right. like, how can you not be concerned yeah. about all of it? Yeah. And how do you not connect the connect it together? That's right. Um, all, we've heard so many times, you're either a goer or a sender. That makes that's not a complicated. That's right. Subject. That's right. I haven't gotten on a plane and gone to some faraway country in a while. Right. But I've been very involved in international missions right. through our church in other ways. That's right. And it's just as real as yeah. if I was with David Platt. I mean, I, I, I would rather be with him <laughs> looking at those mountains. Yes. But, I, you know, at this point in my life, I can't. Right. And so yeah, we're still involved, though. You're still involved. And I think what's, it, what's good for people to recognize, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, whether whatever your vocation happens to be, the faithful engaging of the gospel, global, worked out from the local, will converge, whether you start businesses mm-hmm. or not. In connecting you, the truth is the world is metaphorically flat. Mm-hmm. We have people yeah. in our city transplanted from multiple peoples across the world. Yeah. And if I faithfully engage with the global work of the gospel and the local, the convergence of what God might do in that is untold. Yeah. And But if I limit myself to a demographic and a local work only, don't think about the world, I may miss this beautiful multi-ethnic, multinational work of the gospel right here in my own city. Yeah, and one thing that just strikes me is that I the more I the more I interact with other people groups around the world, whether that people group is somebody that's across town and they've moved here right. but they're they're completely different from me culturally. Right. The more I interact with those folks and and deal with them in the scriptures and with the Lord. And I'm I'm meeting with believers right. from all over the planet. It it deepens my understanding of the right. creator of the universe. Right. Like there there's more to be known about God than I can learn from my tiny little yeah. culture. Right. Now God can do anything and he's he's supernatural, but the, the one of the most impactful ways for me that I've found to learn about the Lord and understand Him better and to understand His world better right. is to rub shoulders with people who are very different from me that's right. but are just as committed to the Lord as I am. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's good, man. One of the things I do is we'll come up on some final thoughts here here uh, and close out in just a second. Uh, I, I think about um, 
so how, how am I going to articulate this? I think about how um, what is in front of us, the opportunity that's in front of us, and, and, and the power that's available to us where we are for the world, the yeah. financial resources, the people resources, the absolute treasure trove of people and resources available to the world and see people languishing away in darkness when, when there is an opportunity to engage. And, and, and here's the story I wanted to tell. One of our, our covenant members, couple that because of the coronavirus had to come back to the States, they, were, they shared with me a picture they took of a, uh, of a painting in their country where they're working with their educators. And this painting depicts, and, and, and here's the point of the story. We have the riches of the gospel and the knowledge to go and bear fruit right there mm-hmm. because the Lord has put it there and the general revelation of created order and the fact that the Bible tells a real history. So there's this painting that these people have. They've had no access to the good news of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And in this painting, it depicts where their peoples, where their ethnicities and their country come from. You want to know where they depict it from coming from? The people made the creator angry and the creator decided to flood the world and so in order to preserve some of the people he sent a gourd down on top of the water and he put those people in the (laughs) gourd and when the water subsided the gourd landed on a mountain and those people of their nation came out and populated their nation again you tell me (laughs) you tell me that 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 story didn't come from the the fact that this really happened, right? Yeah. And it tells the story of the God of the universe. And those people are languishing away in darkness. And we have the key. Yeah. We have the key. And I'm concerned with my 18 to 35-year-old person who can write me a check and build my little kingdom right here. And they're going to hell. Yeah. I have the answer. Yeah. How, how can like, I got to go get on a plane now? Yeah, that's like, right. Corona be damned. Yeah. Like they need to know the key that completes that story, and it's Jesus Christ who unlocks the God who sent the gourd yeah. to preserve their people. So this, I don't know how many people have seen the Book of Eli. It's a movie with Denzel Washington in great it. Great movie. Um, and it's this great story that post-apocalyptic world, yeah. they don't have really much of anything. The world is trying to figure out how they're going to you know, rebuild. Right. And there's this book. Eli's got this book. And there's this one guy in the story who's the bad guy who wants the book because he knows that with that book, yeah. th- that book has the answers. And now he's hoping to use it for, for bad. Right. But, um, but this notion that there, the world has gone sideways, there, are, there is a way in which the world can operate right. the way it was supposed to, right. but it's in this book and the book has got to be, re- has got to be saved. And it's got to get to a place where um, it can be preserved. Yeah. There's only one left. Yeah. Um, I love that story yeah. because it, 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 that's the real world we live in. Those people have part of the story. That's right. They've got part of the story. And the, we've been given, by God's grace, the entire story. That's right. Beginning to end. Yeah. And it has all the answers. That's right. And those people only have a section of the story. That's and so... Right. You know why are we are why are we hanging around? Yeah, and not taking it. And so um, yeah, absolutely. Because we have a mission: fame, glory, outside, global in scope. And 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 what if we organized for that work? Mm-hmm. What if everything we did here kept us in the position to make that something that we didn't just dream about, but we actually did? Yeah, and it does not take away from the local work that you do. Like not it's not an either or. One of the worst right. enemies of of doing things that are good and right and true 
is this notion that, well, you've either got to do this or you've either got to do that. Right. No, it's, it's all together. Um, That's right. You, you, it has to all be done together. That's right. One fuels the other. That's so right. So you, you, you don't just do local or global, and you don't just do global or local. They both spin up. It's... it's um, yeah, it's like a lot of the physiological principles. Yeah. You take one piece out, right. and you lose the momentum. That's it's right. got to be all of it together at the same time. It does, absolutely. It's the hand in the glove, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's where the challenge gets hard for us is down in the tactical level of, okay, what do we do with this much financial resource if that's the end, right? Mm-hmm. We have to start figuring out how to use stuff. That's where it gets difficult and challenging because there's a gravitational pull to appeal to or, or provide and, and, and none of those things are wrong, mm-hmm. but they might keep us from thinking about there's, they need the key, yeah. right? But they go together. And that's where the hard work of figuring out how to do the mission mm-hmm. comes in, uh, into play. So do you have any final thoughts as we get ready to wrap up? Uh, just, just that it's, um, it is great to be a part of a fellowship that talks a lot about mission, that we expect our folks to understand mission and we expect them to understand um, you know, specific words and specific sentences, things like KDSC and all that is, um, you know, words matter. Yeah. And so it's fun to be a part of a, a, a church like that because it's clear what we're trying to do. That's right. Um, and then it's it's also fun to be a, a part of a church that's thought through um, all of that and has built a, a really strong, solid biblical foundation for why that's our mission. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would encourage anybody who's listening to this to, to go Get involved in your local church. Yeah. Serve in your local church. If you find yourself without a um, without a role in your local church, or if you find yourself um, a believer and you're not even connected to a local church, I would say there's a there's um you really need to start asking the Lord what's going on with that because I believe as believers we're called to be a part of a local church yeah. and that that local church ought to be doing this work that we're describing today. Amen. Absolutely. Final thought that I have here is, is one of the questions I always ask, and it's still a stumbling block for a lot of guys. Maybe stumbling block's the wrong word. That's a negative. It's uh, it's a challenge mm. to them. When, when I'm working with our people in difficult locations around the world, and I'm with a local who has believed the good news, one of the first questions I ask them, because I believe this so heartily, is that uh, for them, the Great Commission, the mission isn't something they add later, it's right now. Mm-hmm. And I asked them, how are you going to obey this? How are you going to do this? And, and the response is, oh, we, do not ha- we don't have the resources. The only resource you need is the message that changed you. Yeah. What are you going to do with it? And it's, it, I'm convinced, I'm convinced with everything in me, one of Satan's greatest tools is to keep us thinking that we need something other than the gospel to do it. Mm. We have the good news. They don't, they don't need resources. They have the resource. The Lord can take Philip from speaking to this eunuch and somehow carry him over there. I don't know how that right. played out in the yeah. text. I don't know metaphysically what happened. I don't even know if that's the intent. But Philip found himself over yonder, yeah. right? Yeah. He can do that, right? And so I always challenge him. What are you going to do with this? Because part of your discipleship now is figuring out. Jesus said, he said to do this. If you're going to obey Jesus, you got to do this. So what are you going to do about it? And so I just want people listening, if they're listening and want to want to work out what that looks like locally, come contact us. Uh, Theologyinthedirt at gmail.com. Love to have further conversations with folks about the mission, vision, strategy of the local church and how we can think about global glory. Praise the Lord. Keith, thanks for your time. Appreciate you guys listening. Join us next week. Have a good one. 
Hey, thank you for listening to Theology in the Dirt. You can email us at theologyinthedirt at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you with some feedback and perhaps some questions that you'd like us to tackle. We'll see you next week. And until then, deuces.